Good evening, everybody. I'd like to welcome Mimi Roy to episode three of Progress with Jacob R. Mimi is a driven public relations PR professional with five years of experience in health, wellness, and lifestyle marketing communications. In Mimi's growing PR practice, she finds an interest in the responsibility we have as communicators to deliver strong, smart messages in a growing digital landscape. She is also a graduate from the program that I'm in at Humber College. She graduated from the PR Advanced Diploma a few years back. So it's great to have Mimi with us tonight on the podcast. How are you doing? Good. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's my first official podcast, so I'm happy that it's progress with Jacob Hart. I think you kind of nailed the majority of it there. Um, I'm a five-year uh, into my career as a peer pro, and I graduated from Humber. I'm currently working at Porto Novelli, and uh, kind of the the stream of PR that I've decided to work in and where I love to work in is agency PR. And I've worked for a handful of boutique agencies, um, you know, PR firms that have 10 or less employees, and that's been a really rewarding experience to, to be able to find people within the industry and work closely along them and then also have kind of a, you know, a niche kind of client roster that has kind of led me into that healthcare stream where um, many I think people start out an agency wanting to get into consumer and lifestyle and work with big brands. And so that's where I started out. And it was really fun and great and fast paced. And uh, through kind of seeing where I could work an agency, but also work for B2B businesses and um, kind of healthcare in that in that silo, it was really interesting to me because I think what I love the most about PR is the communications aspect of it. We do so much as PR communicators, whether it's social or digital media, marketing, uh, you know, stunt PR, crisis communications. But what I really loved about healthcare is, is it's really kind of tried and true to what I think PR is and what I love about it is it's communicating and writing messages and making sure people are aware of, of the brands and the organizations that help them make the decisions they do on a day-to-day basis. So that's what I uh, currently work in. I love it, and it's fast-paced and busy, and I'm an adrenaline junkie for it. So um, that's kind of a little bit about me. Amazing. I especially like your points about dynamic and and fast-paced. I've heard a lot about agency. And while we're on that, in your opinion, what is the one skill that you must have in agency if you could only pick one skill and why? It's such a good question, too. And I know that you've kind of been exploring in our discussions, right? Like we've chatted about what is that skill set? And I, I think it is hard to narrow it down because particularly in agency and, uh, you know, it could be applied to whether you go in government or corporate or, you know, entertainment, but agency is, it, it certainly is its own breed. And, um, you know, a standalone skill that I think is, is really valuable to have. I could list so many. And I think the cliche answer normally is like time management skills, but I, I would almost like kind of shift a little bit to that same note and echo that is very key, but I almost want to change the word and call it be adaptable. And adaptability is that key skill because, you know, and, and to answer the question why is, is just 
you know what, I get up every day and I have a schedule and that schedule changes by the hour, right? So any, you know, novice PR professional or intermediate or advanced, you know, expert in the industry, I think would tell you that as you're kind of going through, you realize that people are asking things of you and there's a different project every kind of hour, minute, day, week. And so you have to be adaptable to say, yes, I can try that. I can do that. Um, and also just kind of be, you know, within that same token, I would say like flexibility, adaptability, flexibility. I think they go hand in hand, but, you know, being okay to, to juggle your time. So I guess that's the long winded answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to say that they all fall into, into being adaptable to what sure. kind of your environment is. You did mention a little bit about projects, which segues very nicely into my next question, which is what is the most interesting project that you've worked on in your professional career so far? Yeah, that's it. You know what? When I was reviewing these questions, it was kind of funny because I think as PR pros, we never get time to reflect on all the cool stuff we get to do. And as I mentioned before, I've, I've worked for a lot of boutique agencies and so I've had the pleasure of working with, I think, really thoughtful clients, and they're certainly, you know, God bless the people who sell chocolate bars, but we're not selling O'Henry's. We're really thinking about how do we um, help people understand impact. And so, you know, I, I wish I could say that, you know, I've done a cool installation or worked with XYZ, but um, so I'm going to say, uh, I think I have like a two-part answer. One that I thought was pretty fancy because it involves a famous person, but also the most interesting project I can follow up with. Um, I did a media relations um, junket for Ted Danson from The Good Place and anyone who's a little older on the podcast, cheers. Um, and so Ted, I guess, unbeknownst to me, is a spokesperson for an environmental client that we had, particularly dealing with oceans. And so he came to Canada and he, you know, they wanted to get him on all the morning breakfast TV shows. And I was pretty young in my career and it was kind of this task given to me that I just kind of took the bull by the horns because it's something where, you know, you're dealing with celebrity, things have to kind of be perfect. You're dealing with an agent and, you know, you have 24 hours to do it. So it was a really fun, fast paced kind of um, bit of fame that I got to deal with and, so that was really exciting, I think, as a young person. But as I kind of transition into a little bit more of an intermediate role, uh, one of the, you know, one of the coolest projects that I think that I got to, to be a part of and work with an amazing team for, um, you know, I feel as though there's stunt PR and we always talk about experiential marketing where we get to do pop-up shops and we get to, you know, sell Kit Kats on the corner of, you know, Spadina and Queen in Toronto. And so those those are the opportunities that are really fun. And I got to say, those events are really fun. So there was one time from the healthcare side of things, I was working with a client that really wanted to focus on educating people about a condition called osteoporosis. And I know it doesn't sound very fancy or fun, but, um, you know, we did a, a one day pop up to do a Guinness World Record. And, uh, you know, it was a long time coming to get the event for just 24 hours to happen, right? And it's, it's always really rewarding to see how much work goes into it and the team that you get to work with and all the different angles that go into, like, 
making these pop-ups, which I think a lot of like, I call them consumers, but a lot of people don't understand what goes in on the back end. So we, uh, we did that at uh, Square One Mall in Mississauga and it was just a blast. I, you know, you get to dip your toes in so many different parts of PR. And, uh, so that was one of the, the coolest projects that, uh, I think is very, something I'm really proud of to, to put on my resume. And certainly, I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners have taken in a lot of notes uh, regarding that, especially with the uh, pop-up events and just the opportunities that are out there. I'd like to move forward with our next question, which is, what media monitoring tools do you use and which is your favorite? Great question. Um, you know what? I... I think a lot about this because it's really interesting. Media monitoring just happens at every stage of your career, I find, even, you know, now that I've moved on from intern coordinator, et cetera, you still do it every day because you have to be in the know. And um, so I think from a software perspective, I really do like Meltwater. I haven't used Decision in a long time. I think Meltwater, once you have it down, um, is easy to, to understand and really use it to your advantage. Unfortunately, it's something that agencies usually, you know, accommodate the cost. So from an accessibility standpoint, if you, you know, if your company can't perhaps afford it, maybe it's not something that you get to use every day. So something that I always encourage and, you know, is like a little bit of a secret tool that I love is Twitter. And, you know, it's not a, a traditional media monitoring tool, but, you know, that's kind of where and, you know, people can kind of, I don't know, shrug Twitter off sometimes because it seems to be a bit of a, a cesspool of news, but it is where journalists live, right? So if we're talking about media monitoring what the day-to-day -day news and headlines are, you know, I follow probably over 500 journalists just to see what they're they're covering, and I think there's two parts to media monitoring, and one of those is helping you with media relations, but the other part is helping your clients understand what's kind of happening in the news and what's timely, and so sometimes I really turn to Twitter um, just to see kind of what announcements might be coming out from more of a political angle or even from pop culture, right? Like what's trending? What do lifestyle and healthcare need to be focusing on? Is there something that we could be tapping into? So, you know, it's, it's not a media monitoring tool, but it's social media and that is a part of media. So I really do love Twitter for that. And I'm going to maybe answer your question in an unorthodox way, but I, you know, one of the key skills that I think media monitoring really comes down to is research. And I, you know, sometimes I am my own best resource and everyone can do that, right? To develop your own research skills is a huge asset later in your career. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, set a Google alert and that's great. But then if you don't follow up, to manage the Google Alerts or even just do your own digging and apply different filters to, to Google search. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a surface level tool. So if you can go ahead and understand what keywords and, uh, you know, what relatable content is out there, you can really be your own kind of media monitor. Um, and so I think that's kind of encompassing all three, one that's paid for, one that's not, and just being your own media monitoring tool can, uh, can be kind of the full ecosystem of it all. For sure. And regarding Twitter, it's definitely an example of many to many. There's never a dull moment on there. And yeah. I believe 
hashtags first became mainstream with Twitter as well. So those are some very good points that you brought up. And also research, um, no matter what PR program you're in, probably you'll have to complete a course or two on research and or analytics. So I'm very totally. happy, Mimi, that you've uh, shared your insights and experiences with research as well. Yeah, right. And it's so funny, like you'll be in class and you're kind of thinking, well, why do I need to do this research project if I'm in a PR? And then you realize that the majority of what you do, especially for planning mm-hmm. or for, you know, sometimes if you work in government, you might be doing grant applications. There's a lot of stuff that goes into the, the work that we do and research is a big part of it. Now, I know we've been talking a lot about your experiences professionally. I'd like to switch gears a little bit and ask you about your your Humber experiences. So what uh, led you to Humber PR? And if you can recall, what was the aha moment that led you to the Advanced Diploma Program? Thanks so much for including this question because I, I kind of love these and I love to hear how people get to Humber. It's a phenomenal program for the industry that we're in, and um, I'm so grateful for my hunger experience. And um, so I, you know, forgive me for for a little bit of a long story, but I'll try and keep it short. You know, I I was lost in grade 12, and I didn't know what to do, like I'm sure many people do. And so I was coming into this program fresh out of high school, and I did what's called the Myers Briggs test. Um, just because, you know, everyone's doing tests and trying to find compatibility and, you know, making sure you, you know what you're going to do. And so sure enough, PR was one of the results in one of my career, um, copies. And so I, I was interested because I thought I have no clue what PR is. And, you know, people, I think, um, make PR to be a little bit more than it is in the media. And so, you know, you see the Olivia Popes of the world or you watch Flack on Amazon and they're all PR shows, but they're so scandalous and that's so not what we do. And you know what happened is I I was applying to, to Sheridan, to St. Clair College. There was, you know, many opportunities out there for PR. And someone said, you know what, have you have you researched Humber? And I looked at Humber and, you know, I went to one of their open houses and, you know, not to, to plug them, but A, the campus is beautiful, but Then I went to the open house and I talked to some of the professors and the the current students there. And the number one thing that they asked, they said, well, what do you think PR is? And I had just done so much research on it. And, you know, I said, well, you know, you you curate storytelling to, to help consumers. And I think they were kind of aghast that, you know, someone came up to them and said, well, it's what Olivia Pope does. And they were like, you know, this is actually kind of what we do. And so I think. The aha moment was really that journey from not knowing, doing research, and kind of to be a little bit more, um, I guess, superficial about it. Like, it was just such a great environment. Um, The second that I chatted with those students, I could, you know, really see getting along with them. I could see that the, the professors were really invested and Again, to be honest, the, where the PR program is normally held for the diploma is at this just phenomenal onshore campus, which is just beautiful. And I think that was kind of the environment that I wanted to be, you know, starting out a new part of life in. So um, certainly it's not uh, an answer that's like, oh, you know, PR was <laughs> my first thought and I got it right the first time. It, it took a bit to get there. And. And sometimes half of it is just 
going with your gut, not necessarily knowing this is going to be right for me. And I know it. And uh, it just happened to work out. So I think the aha moment came day one. But, uh, you know, I'm so, so grateful that it it's, continues to be an aha moment that I'm, I'm happy to be in this profession. An amazing journey, Mimi. Uh, what can students do to get a leg up on their competition, especially in PR? Yeah, and this is something that I think I, you know, in mentoring uh, if people coming out of their uh, out of their programs and into the workforce, there's so many different things that you can do. Um, and when it comes down to it, right, I think you just have to put yourself out there. And what I mean, you know, that's a really broad piece of advice. Um, and a lot of people will say networking falls under that. I think kind of doing the hustle and making sure you, you know, put your applications in and your resumes. But I think what put yourself out there means is is one of two things. And one of them is be yourself because when it comes down to getting a leg up on competition, you know, some people say that you have to be quite memorable in interviews to stand out. And, you know, I think we've had a conversation about this, Jacob, too, is it might not be that you, you know, write a blog or you're an influencer or you do this on the side and on top of being a student, you also have interned before. Those things all help. And what I think, whether you've done all that or you've done none of it, what it really means to put yourself out there is to demonstrate kind of what you're going to bring to the table. And part of that is just going to be who you are. And I think I remember that process, too. Like, how do I get ahead? Um, and, you know, as an anecdote, I wasn't getting an internship and I was kind of really struggling. And when I put myself out there, it was taking a leap of faith to to ask my community at Humber, like, I know you all work in the industry. What are the odds you're hiring an intern? And then kind of that following up or the next step in all of that really was to just go in there and like, you don't have to come prepared with the perfect interview answers, right? Everyone's going to have those. They know what the resume says. They want to get to know you. And so put yourself out there also means be you talk about the things that are not necessarily all PR. What do you do in your off time? You know, make mention of that on your LinkedIn profiles, make mention of that in your networking all of those things are really, I think, understandable. And we, in the Humber program or throughout your kind of third, fourth year, whether your degree or diploma, you understand that you have to build the net, you know, the networking and the LinkedIn profile and maybe do the blog or. But I think what it means, too, is like when you put that content out there, make sure that it's kind of tried and true to yourself, because then when it comes down to actually nailing the job or getting above competition, as you say, it really is for people to understand, you know, that was a great person. I would like to hire them. Um, so it, it's kind of, a, again, right, it's like a fluffy thing. But I think when it comes down to knowing who I love to work with every single day uh, are the people who come in and are not afraid to ask questions and say, you know, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me out? Right. Um, yeah. This industry is amazing for helping one another get a leg up. And so, uh, you know. I think those are the things that you can do to, to get ahead of, of competition. What you described actually takes me back to a passage from a book that I've read recently where the author suggests to have a personality in addition to your strong skill set. 
Totally. And I think a lot of what you just said is ties ties into that very nicely with having a personality, making sure that it's true to you because we're all different and unique in our own ways. And I think the Myers-Briggs test is definitely a tool out there that can assist just going back to what you were saying before. Thank you for that. Yeah. And you know what? To stay on that for a second, Jacob, like mm-hmm. I just attended this awesome um, workshop and it was about how to kind of shed workplace bias or really work on it, you know? And one of the things, um, given the times, you know, it was about um, discrimination, et cetera. But one of those discriminations can also be against personality, right? So I guess it's really important to say that if you're an extrovert, you're going to thrive in this industry. Because the fact of the matter is, as communicators, being an extrovert is a really powerful tool when you think about it. You can put yourself out there easily. So another thing that I would probably implore people to do is if you're an introvert, there's other ways for you to put yourself out there, right? If going up and shaking someone's hand and being like, I'd love, you know, to sit down and get coffee with you sometime. If that's not your jam, that's okay. Write someone an email, send them a LinkedIn, you know, message or a DM and just say, hey, look, like, uh, you know, I would love the opportunity to do X. Would you be open to talk to me? Um, there's tons of ways where I think different personalities can also take that advice to take the next step and get above competition because the fact of the matter is competition might all be very extroverted and very outgoing and join student committees and councils, but there's your own unique ways in which we really do need to diversify the people that we hire and the people that we bring onto our teams. And uh, so I think that's something to also note, right? Mm -hmm. If your personality is introverted and super quiet and intellectual that's amazing because you might be super strategic and analytical and detailed, and that is exactly what PR often needs, right? So um, just a point when you said that about the passage in the book and, and having personality, I thought exactly that, right? Putting yourself out there no matter what the personality, um, you just got to find the right way to do it. Exactly. And playing to your strengths, I think, also helps a lot. Yes. So Mimi, what are your tips for staying organized? And this can be applicable at the student level or at the professional level. Yes, uh, you've probably all heard this before. I'm going to go ahead and say my calendar is huge. And I would say, too, like something that I just found out about Google Calendar is you can go be on podcast with Jacob at 6 p.m. And it will just automatically populate the time, which is a lifesaver. So that's a pro tip. Um, but yeah, I bounce back between always, always, always have a notebook and having a to-do list and kind of triaging what the tasks are. So usually I do like A, B, C, and of course, as they come in chronological order, um, you know, all the A's get done first. And then sometimes I, you know, I also tap into just having a weekly tracker and uh, kind of understanding what is coming down the pipe. So usually agendas for you know, this is going to be due by Friday. And so that digital format is kind of more long term for me. Uh, but then the notebook is kind of like in the most immediate moment today. What do I need to get done by 12? So those are the kind of the, the three things I use to, to manage my time. Amazing. Especially a fan of the to do list. I feel like when you check off items A, B and C, it feels like you're actually <laughs> accomplishing something. Uh, yeah. throughout your day, which can inspire you to get even more done and really boost your productivity. Yes, it is the most satisfying thing to X something out on your to-do list. It's amazing. Super. 
thinking of the future, what would you like to achieve in the next five years? You know, Jacob, I'm going to answer in two ways, because I think part of our discussion today has also been about how to be personable in this in this industry. So yes. I'm going to say it's not just going to be a career answer. From a career perspective, in the next five years, I would love to be in an account manager position, potentially working up to like some sort of director role, um, you know, really expanding my my financial understanding of business and, you know, that budgeting back end of PR uh, you know, working for healthcare clients, I think, is going to be in my future, working with a great team. Uh, you know, at the time of this recording, we're still working from home, so I would love to be in an office. But I'm going to counter with, you know, I understand and I hope and implore everyone who's listening, uh, you know, PR can be a very flexible uh, career if you want it to be that way. And, you know, you might have to work for it. And sometimes agency doesn't always allow for it, but I would love to travel soon. Um, potentially, if this work from home opportunity continues, then working, you know, within the same time zone in a different spot for a couple of weeks would be very cool. And, you know, if there's any opportunity to work for travel PR, that would be really awesome. Those are kind of my passions and something that I would hope to achieve in the next five years. I really appreciate your ambition, and it sounds like you're in an amazing place, so please keep it up. And before we adjourn this episode three of Progress with Jacob Barr, I always like to give my guests the opportunity to share any social media platforms or channels that they can be followed on. So Mimi, is there uh, any handle that you would like to share that any of our listeners can follow you on? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, from a professional perspective, uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. Twitter is, I'm so good at making up names, at the real Mimi Roy. <laughs> no spaces, no underscores. And uh, LinkedIn, my real name is Michaela, so you can find me at linkedin.com slash Michaela Roy. Um, and Jacob can certainly populate that for you in the link. <laughs> certainly. Thank you so much, Mimi, for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jacob. It was really fun, and uh, I think this is an awesome platform for people to learn about PR, and so far a great host and love the discussion. So I'm happy to be following and subscribing after this. Amazing. Take care. Bye now.